Hi everyone, Gareth here. Just to let you know that if you'd like to support the production of the Music Room podcast, you can. Just head to musicroompodcast.uk slash support or click the link in the show notes. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to the Music Room. This time in the music room. I'm fortunate enough to teach down myself. You know, I do some lecturing and I, I say the same thing to my students. It's not really so much about the music. I mean, you're expected to be able to write great music, but um, the, the thing that they don't teach you is that you need to be able to get along with people and work with people, work with different people, you know, and kind of read the room. Those soft skills are, are ones that you really need. Hello and welcome to The Music Room, the show where I chat with composers, songwriters and musicians about what they're up to before going back in time to find out how it all began for them. How are you at the moment? Doing okay? Autumn can be a good time creatively to knuckle down after the summer, get some stuff done. I've actually recently been doing a bit of an audit of my social media use and I've found I just have too many accounts, too much time spent preparing posts for too many accounts. So I had a long, hard look at what I should be posting and where. And this is what I came up with. You can do this too, but this is just what I decided is going to work best for me. So uh, let's go through them. LinkedIn, great for networking with potential hirers and fellow podcast industry people in my case. So that's all I use it for now. The other networks are great for keeping up with peers. Who's peers? You know, composers, friends, musicians, etc. Um, Instagram. Now I like Instagram. But there's a Music Room account that doesn't really do much. And I always feel guilty for not spending more time on it. So from now on, all the Music Room content, in fact, all of the content that I produce will go via uh, my personal account at Gareth Sounds. So come and follow me there. Generally, if you're a similar composer, musician, songwriter, whatever, I will follow back. Facebook. I have an artist page and of course, the lovely Music Room community group. So I'll be on Facebook as long as the group is. Um, I think Facebook has its drawbacks on the community side, but it's where a lot of my peers are. Uh, there's peers again. And uh, so there we go. That remains home for that. And then here's the clever bit. I cross-post or I've set it up from my Instagram account to my Facebook page. Boom. I still keep an eye on the comments and messages, of course, but... There's about a minute saved right there. They all add up, don't they? X, formerly Twitter. Hmm. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think I'm done. I'm plucking up the courage to pull the plug on the account. But I don't like what it's become, really. And in fact, you could argue it's not the same platform anymore. Crucially, though, if I'm spending time preparing stuff, it would be nice to know that the platform will still be there this time next year. So thanks for the tweets, but I'll be seeing you. Which brings me to Threads, uh, which had a rocky start, but I can say with confidence that so far it's a nicer experience than X. And uh, recently there's been a one of those dear algorithm post things that seems to have sorted the feed into who I want to see. So now my feed is full of musos. Perfect. Hello Threaders if you're listening and welcome to the Music Room podcast. Anyway, that's enough of that. How do you use the social media? Do you limit yourself or do you try to be everywhere? 
get in touch via, well, wherever you use social media, I suppose. My links are in the show notes. In this episode, you're going to hear from composer Christopher Barnett, who's had an extraordinary journey from hearing Ravel's Bolero in primary school to scoring countless feature films, documentaries and more. And if you stick around, Chris will also be leaving an amazing item, gave me goosebumps actually, and a solid piece of advice for anyone trying to navigate becoming and being a composer. But first, music stories. Session cellist and sample library developer Matt Constantine has a brand new and very interesting library out via his company It's All Noise. The release reads, we're proud to announce our first contact player product, Ultimate Cello Textures Harmonics Pad. This is a prequel and sister library to the larger Ultimate Cello Volume 1 Harmonics, which will be out soon. This textures series of libraries focuses more on sound design, with this specific library being a pad designer using samples of cello harmonics. And here's the good bit. If you're a member of the Music Room group on Facebook, you get an extra 10% off. Link is in the show notes. That's like free money right there. (laughs) Next, just for fun, I asked the Facebook group their top three movies about music. Let's see... Pete said, Tar is my favourite. Oh, I've not seen that. Soul, Rocket Man, Bohemian Rhapsody. That's four I know. The one I hate most is Whiplash. Ooh. Uh, Jonathan says, uh, This is Spinal Tap. Classic. Mr. Holland's Opus, Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, that's a couple for Bohemian Rhapsody, isn't it? David says, Barbarian Sound Studio, if sound design counts. The Soloist, The Piano Teacher, all had quite an effect on me. Robin, almost famous, Amadeus, oh, great old classic that is, uh, The Piano. Uh, Rod says Sing Street, featuring music from Music Room guest Gary Clark, uh, Spinal Tap and Dig. Uh, Matt says the only one which really strikes me that hasn't been mentioned yet is The Red Violin. Oh, that's a great film. Daisy says Brastoff, absolutely brilliant. Tara says, lots of those mentioned, but also The Beat My Heart Skipped. I've not heard of that one. Might have to look that up. Alexandra says, one to add, tick, tick, boom. Started sobbing at the truth of the throwing a ball against the wall line. Again, not (laughs) not seen that one. Uh, Claire says, it's very silly, but still crazy is a classic. Quite right, too. It is a classic. Herman says, Amadeus and would be hard-pressed to think of two more. Come on, Herman, you can think of two more. Uh, Broly, Close Encounters. Hmm. Is that because of the spaceship? Shine. Shine is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, Blues Brothers, obvious classic. Tom says, Brastoff, Eight Mile. Eight Mile's a good one, yeah. The Man Who Knew Too Much. It's not about music, but it has Bernard Herrmann as the on-screen conductor. I'm not sure that qualifies, Tom. But yeah, so many great movies there. Uh, What are your favourites? You can get in touch in all the usual places. Christopher Barnett is a versatile and dynamic composer known for his work in cinema and television. His extensive list of credits include feature films A Dose of Happiness and Borrowed Time and documentaries Breaking Boundaries and Joy Womack, The White Swan, which charts the story of the first American to train and dance with the Bolshoi Ballet. Airedale Records will be releasing an EP of Chris's score for the Joy Womack documentary on Friday the 8th of December this year and will be available on all streaming platforms. His personal EP, which uh, you'll hear more about shortly, featuring Andy G. Jones, Ashok Clowder, Daisy Cool, and Joni A. Fuller, will be released early 2024. Let's get into that there music room and catch up with Chris. 
Here we go. Christopher Barnett, composer, welcome to the Music Room. Thank you, Gareth. Wonderful to be here. You're very, very welcome. <laughs> uh, how are you today? I'm good. <clears throat> As you say, it's been a bit rainy, a bit, bit of flooding here in uh, North London, um, and I'm just kind of uh, trying to keep a bit of a, a sore throat away, but um, otherwise I'm, I'm good, very well. Yeah, we were having a quick chat about the colds <laughs> before yeah. hitting record. And it's, uh, yeah, we're so used to COVID and testing and uh, it's quite a surprise to have a cold. I know. It's, uh, I feel, I feel like Barry White with a, you know, <laughs> low husky voice. So in planning for this chat, Chris, I had a listen to your stuff, of course, and I've seen your progress on uh, social media over the years. I find it a bit difficult to categorise you or pigeonhole you as a soundtrack composer, which personally I think that's a big compliment because I can't find who you sound like to in order to do that. What's your approach when you're first attached to a project? How do you decide sonically what's right for the production? Thank you. That that is a compliment because um, I am a bit averse to to you know quote unquote film music. So to answer your question, I try to find a way into the um the story you know try try to just compose from the inside out you know really get to the heart of the characters and and who they are in the story and the environment and it, it you know sometimes when i when i ask directors questions that you know they they wonder why i go you know so i try to go quite deep so i might be asking questions about you know how did this character grow up you know what trauma did they experience and really try to build a, a, a picture so that I can um, draw on that to to um, to kind of speak about them in, in, in music musical terms. So maybe that's why when music sounds very non-soundtrack like. Yeah, yeah, and it, I, I guess that time spent at the start, if you're putting in the time, you, you're more likely to be on the same page, aren't you, as the the producers and the director? Um, exactly. Yeah. Saving time later on. Yeah, you know, and and you know, a lot of the time, directors are hearing things that they never would have expected. Yeah, <laughs> different from from the the, the temp track, you know, the dreaded temp track. Um, but you know, I I, I do try to be um, as original as as I can, you know. Yeah, so it's like yeah. a, having a braveometer, isn't it? How brave you're going to be? Exactly. How out there are you going to be? <laughs> what do you think they're prepared to listen to? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so very grateful for the trust that my directors place in me, you know. That's it. it. That's, it. that's when you know. That's no when you know when you're working with people who really care about what they're doing. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and you have a forthcoming EP. Yes, I recently found out. What prompted that, and when can we expect to hear it? So, um, I'm kind of at the moment awaiting a couple of projects to start. They're, they're in post production and filming. Uh, last year, um, I lost three people very close to me. My father was one of them. And um, at the time, I was scoring two two pictures at the same time and didn't really have a chance to really grieve, if you like, you know. But still, while I was busy do, going about my day, doing my job, I noticed certain feelings would come up and all out of the sudden and couldn't really understand them, you know. So I thought, you know, I really want to document these feelings, these emotions. Um, I wouldn't say they were even negative emotions, just just weird, just weird emotions. Um, so I thought, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll write this EP. So I'd having the thought and then actually getting started are two different things. 
But uh, I think we got to um, August and I thought, you know, I just got to get started. Um, went on holiday with, with my family and had a good think about it, came back and then just dived in. So it's been a, a wonderful experience. I really, really enjoyed it, actually. Scoring to picture is is such a, a different way of working. You know, you have visual in front of you and you have the characters. And, and this is a, a bit more introspective really having to kind of work out how I want, what I want to say and how I'm going to say, you know, but it's been, it's been great. Yeah. 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 So instrumentally style wise, what are we expecting to hear? Hmm. Um, I, very, it, it's it, very difficult. It, <laughs> let me put it another way. Is it yeah. like a, a leap away from what you, you, your usual approach or is it, you know, have you leaned into the things that you're most comfortable with? How, how have you approached that? It's been a mixture of things, you know. My my musical background has been so eclectic, but there's I would say there's some there's some jazz in there. Um, there is some orchestral delvings in there. There's some almost like twentieth century musical ideas in there. You know, it, it's yeah. but it's all it's all done with a sense of dare I say melancholy, you know, yeah. and um, heartfelt writing. So. You know, I'm working. I've I've invited four wonderful instrumentalists to to um, be featured on each track, and um, they they're, they're bringing their own gifts and you know to it. So it's, yeah, it's it's wonderful. You have to just wait till I share it with you all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And I'm so sorry yeah. to hear about your dad. And hopefully there was some catharsis in writing an EP. Absolutely, um, yeah, and, yeah, and putting it out there. Um, are we ready to go back in time? Let's find out how it all began. Well, well, yes. Um, <clears throat> I don't come from a musical family, first off. So for me, it, you know, it's, it's been a bit of a, a journey. I've always had a love for music, though. You know, my, my family... My, my earliest memories are, are going to, to parties with, with my family and listening to, to reggae music and that kind of stuff. I played I played the drums for about a year when I was at school. I was at 11. Absolutely loved that. Oh, wow. That was your first intro to music. Yeah, first foray. Yeah, yeah. But before that, this, yeah, probably about a couple, of, maybe a year or two before that, I have a very strong memory of sitting in school assembly and hearing um, Ravel's Bolero for the first time. Right. And it just knocked me for six. You know, it's like, what is this? Because up to that time, it was all reggae, you know. And so maybe that has something to do with, with the, the, the drums. I don't know. But um, I absolutely love the drums. But sadly, couldn't wasn't able to keep it, keep it up because couldn't afford a drum kit. Come from a very, very poor background, and um, yeah, so I had to give that up. And then, um, for several years, I began DJing through my teens, so I would organize parties, you know, sell tickets, so I did, did boat trips, you know, wow, you know, that kind of thing. And I would say, through DJing, I kind of found a way to understand what music works and what music doesn't work with a, with a, an audience, if you like, dancers. And then uh, when I left school, I had to get a job. So I became uh, an engineer working on power stations and doing drawings oh, right. and that kind of yeah, thing. An actual engineer, not a, not a, sound, 
I'm not saying yeah. sound engineers aren't engineers. Of course they are. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. actually getting your hands dirty. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I would do, you know, drawings on, on for power stations and stuff like that. But in the evenings, I began, I, I met, met a chap called Michael Riley, who was former lead singer of the band Still Pulse, which is a Birmingham reggae band. And he was producing chart music, top 40 chart music. Um, he ran a, a, an outfit called the Reggae Philharmonic Orchestra, and they would provide strings for artists, soul to soul, and um, these people. So I, I spent a year shadowing him and, and tape, learning how to tape up in the studio. Hang on, hang on, back up. How did this yeah. happen? You're working as an engineer, and suddenly yeah. you meet this guy? Was it in a pub? Or did, was no, he... no, it was, it, it was through a family friend. Um, oh great! Who was a, a fashion designer, and she she knew everybody, so she knew him, and said, "Chris has this burning desire to do music. Can you, you know, take him under your wing?" And um, he very kindly said, "Yeah, just just come, keep your mouth shut, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, tag along." Uh, so I would I would go to work during the day, do my 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 engineering during the day. In the evenings, I would be out with him till two three in the morning. Um, <laughs> learning how to let in the studio, you know, at the desk, and uh, it was real to real tapes in those uh, in those days. But um, a very, I had a very got a very very good understanding of, of the studio layout and how to, you know, how to record and produce just by watching what he was doing, you know. So I, I spoke about the engineering thing earlier. Yeah. Did that actually help you being an engineer and then being put in a in a studio environment? Did that engineering brain of yours kind of make those kind of sonic connections, those audio connections, signals, and, you know, this goes there, that connects to that? Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's, it's hard to really pin down, you know, how the brain's working at that time. <laughs> but um, I really wanted to be a, a record producer at that time. You know, it was, I was inspired by Quincy Jones and, uh, you know, Listening, listening to you know, albums of Michael Jackson and George Benson, you know, and how Bruce Swedeen mixed and, and mastered those tracks is just just so so great, you know. It's a great sound, but like galaxy chocolate type sound, you know. <laughs> nice. So that that was really my kind of thinking and way in, you know. Um, then the engineering world that kind of stopped, work dried up, and. I thought, well, okay, I'm going to be a poor anything. I must be a poor musician. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I dived into the world of music, learned how to play the piano, practicing, you know, seven to ten hours a day. So um, how, I, how old would you have been when you started learning the piano? By this time, I was early 20s. Wow. I was early, well, really, very I late starter. A, I think there's a little pause button to be hit there because, yeah. you know, for people who think, oh, no, it's too late to, to learn something new. I mean, that's quite something to go, just take yourself from that point in time to where you are now. That's amazing. Absolutely. And amazing I had a young family as well. So Wow, you know, okay. It, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a task. It was a daunting yeah. task. But it was purely the love of uh, music. You know, I had no, no real ambitions to, to, to be anything, be this film composer or didn't even enter my mind at that time. I just wanted to, to learn music. So I enrolled at Morley College, which is an adult education college in Waterloo. I mean, Gustav Holst used to teach there in the 40s and 50s. And um, 
I just did literally every course in that place. You know, there was sight singing, there was jazz piano, jazz composition, um, harmony and counterpoint. I did a bit of acting, <laughs> you know, just, just all these different, different courses, uh, jazz theory. And then when I came out, I felt I had a really quite strong grounding in being able to notate and write music. Then I did a, a degree, three-year degree at Roehampton Institute in um, just basic music, but we did a lot of the classical music. We also did world music, so I learned gamelan, uh, still pans. Um, I spent three months in America learning Native American music and spirituality, music of Shona. You know, so it's a, a wonderful place. Wonderful three years I had there. And I, then I came out of there and thought, okay, what do I do now? I know. I'll um, do a film master's. So I did a... <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, a, a, a year film master's after that. And that, that helped me to consolidate the previous six years of intense study that I'd, I'd embarked on. You know. Did it kind of put it all into context in, in terms of writing to picture? Absolutely. And working with musicians. Um, because my, my experience of working musicians was, was before that was just to have like, I had a, I used to run like a, a quintet, a jazz quintet. And we would, you know, gig around London while I was studying and doing odd jobs and that kind of stuff, which was, which was great, you know, really valuable. Um, but doing the master's course helped me to work with, um, string players and, um, woodwinds and, and brass and that kind of stuff and kind of put it all into context. And then once I finished that, it was, okay, what do I do now? Okay, let's try and get some work. <laughs> right, so you, you've done your film masters. You walk through the gates to the big wide world. What are you thinking? I mean, are you thinking at that point, I really want to actually be a film composer? Because you put it into context. Or are you thinking, I don't know anybody? Or I mean, for me personally, I'm, when I started, I had no clue. I didn't know quite who to contact or, or what. Absolutely. So what, how was it for you? I, I, you know, I think, you know, going from engineering into recorded engineering and then study, you learn how to be personable and um, how to kind of get along with people and embrace people and have them embrace you. So I knew it was really a matter of just, just meeting film people and offering my, you know, my services. And luck, lucky for me, um, I managed to, to, to get, I think, quite a few short films straight off the bat, and then um, a feature film in, in my second year out of college, you know, um, which was an, an Albanian an Albanian feature uh, comedy as well. So yeah, for the first few films that I scored were, were comedies, um, which is when I look back now is is quite a challenge because it, it involves different styles of music throughout you know so i was kind of bringing in all all the the training i'd had up to that time in in a film you know yeah great did great. you find through your training years you had a set of contacts that you kind of dove into or was it largely just going out and networking it was just going out and networking so i knew nobody yeah. you know anybody yeah. in film you know um, i guess your peers so other people doing trying to do the same thing yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there was a few of us on the course, and you know, what, I think only only three of us are actually working now from you know early two thousands. Wow. But um, yeah, literally just just 
get out, you know, kiss babies, shake hands and, and meet people, <laughs> you know. You and, heard and, it here, folks. That's what you have to do. <laughs> that's what you have to do. <laughs> yeah. The presidential campaign. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. you know, and I'm fortunate enough to, to to teach down myself. You know, I do some lecturing, and I, I say the same thing to my my students. It's not really so much about the music. I mean, you're expected to be able to write great music, but um, the the thing that they don't teach you is that you need to be able to to get along with people and work with people, work with different people, you know, and kind of read the room. Those soft skills are ones that you really need. Absolutely, important. absolutely yeah. right, and that's led you to collaborate people as well. I know you've you've collaborated in a number of things with uh, Frank Hilfman, who was a, a guest on the yeah. show. As yeah, well. Frank. Frank is um, yeah, he's a very close friend, he's like like a like a brother to me, really. Um, and yeah, when when he whenever he's in the studio, I, I tend to tag along and you know help with the producing and you know be an extra set of ears in the studio. He had a documentary called Spear Goes to Hollywood. Um, which he was scoring a few years ago, and he brought myself and his assistant, John Luke Pinson, on board. And together we, we scored that. I think it was just prior to the COVID outbreak. Um, it was quite quite an intense period, but um, it was great to work with him and, and, you know, learn how he does things and, you know, vice versa. So, yeah, wonderful experience. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like... But he's a good a friend. It sounds like you've been a sponge for the, just ah. the any kind of knowledge and experience. Just headed and I'm still and I'm still learning. I'm still learning and still still have been that sponge. You know, absolutely. You, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good to just kind of keep your 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 ears open and keep yourself open to that. I think we're veering into bits of advice here, aren't we? <laughs> so um, why don't we uh, why don't we get into that? Um, yeah. I do ask all of my guests to leave an item and a piece of advice in the music room for others to find. I I didn't even ask. Have you prepared an item and a piece of advice? I have a couple of items. I, this is a bit like Desert Island. Like it is a bit, like. isn't it? Yeah. Um, can it be um, paper with some words on it or does it have to be a, an actual thing? Well, paper with words on it is a thing, isn't it? Okay. So when I decided to um, embark on this journey, I had I had lots of trepidation, you know, coming from my background where, where we didn't know how to even get started in, in the music business because I didn't know anybody. Uh, I didn't even know if, if I could or was allowed to, you know. So I came across this quote by Goethe. Um, let's see if I can find it. And it, I, it really inspired me. And it goes, um, he says, until one is committed, there is hesitancy. The chance to draw back always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves him. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. A whole stream of events issues from the decision raising in one's favour all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would have come his way. So whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power and magic in it. Begin it now. And I always go back to this quote. Whenever I'm 
you know, trying to figure out whether um, I can actually do something or maybe I'm a bit tentative or shy or, 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 or afraid. Fear is huge. You know, and I know there are lots of people who, who feel that, you know, what we do is not for them because they don't have the years of musical training or, or these sorts of things. So just just find that quote and, and just keep it pegged up on your wall. So what I'm handing over is a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> with this quote, pin it to your wall and just keep reading it over and over that's, again. That's brilliant. I had goosebumps then. Because this is it. And and other guests have said similar things about get started. You know, it's it's all very well sitting in your head, but Absolutely. Until you get going and get that idea out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, it's easy to hide behind as well, isn't it? Yeah. I I've got this great idea. Well <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's not uh, a thing until you've yeah. actually made it. Getting started is, is tough. It's hard. Yeah. And getting over that fear of failure, like you say. You know, that, that ties in as well. That's great. That's going in the music room then. Does your advice tie in with that or do you have a separate piece of advice? A separate piece of advice would be to have a very open mind to music, to explore. One of the challenges I had when I started my degree was we did like a year of learning 20th century music. So, you know, Wade Webern and Berg and you know, Sean Berg and all that stuff. And at a time I really hated it. You know, it was, it was excruciating hearing all these <laughs> screeches and, you know. It's taken and, to extremes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, one task, look at the, the, the wall and, and score the wallpaper. You know, it's like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you know, I'm going to swear then. But, <laughs> so my love at the time was, was jazz. I was heavily into jazz, but when I look back now, I, I'm so grateful for that time because it's really opened me up to to really being able to to write almost anything, you know, um, and having the, the the courage to explore different things. So that will be my thing, you know. Just try to be open um, to anything that comes your way. Don't don't block it because you say it's not my, not my thing. Just explore it and then see where the road takes you, you know. I never expected to be a film composer and yet here I am, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I think is a very good place to round things up. Christopher Barnett, thank you so much for joining me in the music room. Thank you, Gareth. And what you do is wonderful. So yeah, keep going. Oh, thank yeah. you. Will do. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Music Room podcast today. If you'd like to know more about the show or the community that surrounds it, head to musicroom.community. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>